Jurassic Park for a minute. We'll discuss in the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And on this episode, we'll be discussing minute 71 of Jurassic Park 3. Before we get to that, going over to Jurassic-pedia.com, there's a little article written up for uh, the man of the hour, Charlie. In the novelization, it actually says that uh, Charlie's not the only sibling. Ellie's got two kids, but... She does have two kids. You can see her um, holding a baby, and then the baby draws Mark away during dinner. Oh, Okay, of course. I forgot to start the film already. That's how far we've come. Uh, but yeah, good little write-up on Charlie here. Uh, how he helps out with the uh, the incident, uh, the 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 Isla Sauna incident, and uh, yeah, I just thought he was a good place to uh, to uh, do it. I haven't looked into if this child actor has done anything since, which is probably a good thing. Maybe it was just a one-off. IMDB would tell me, but I'm not going to go and check. <laughs> I, I have no idea if he's ever ever done anything either. Hmm. Yeah, it's sort of the his role. He is fine. I reckon it's it's great they got this much out of him, um, being so young. Mm-hmm. Now, not to be confused with Charlie the Velociraptor. <laughs> no, that's... they both they both growl, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to use the surname to uh, to find him in, on Pedia because I typed in Charlie and yep, it was come with Project Ibris and, <laughs> and everything else relating to Charlie and the uh, Raptors. So, um, yeah, I, I just hope the fandom hasn't been as cruel to him as they have to. Uh... Oh, who was Anakin? Uh, why am I trying to blink on that? Yeah, I just I blanked on it before. Uh, there's Hayden Christensen, but they're oh Jake Lloyd. There was that. Jake Lloyd, yeah. I hope I hope the fandom hasn't been as as hard to him as they have Jake Lloyd, which I, I doubt. I don't think the Jurassic fans are that that toxic yet. No, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, oh, it does a bit different. And uh, Anakin was a uh, was to be a much much beloved character, <laughs> but uh, with especially what happens. But uh, yeah, that's enough of that one. <laughs> I'm getting getting the weeds. Hello. 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 Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to Mommy now! Take the phone to Mommy! It's the, it's the dinosaur there! Okay. Dave, ready to make a start on Minute 71? Sure. As we're in Minute 70 of Jurassic Park 3, Granton made his last desperate call to the mainland, and to Ellie's house. But instead of getting Ellie, he got Charlie. Just as the large fin of the Spinosaur broke the water's surface and was heading directly for the boat. As we open on minute 71, the Spinosaur rams the boat hard and everyone falls to the deck. Grant drops the phone and Paul hits his head on the floor near the wheelhouse. The Spinosaur raises out of the water and roars as lightning flashes and torrents of water run down off its head and body. At the six second mark, everyone flees to the front of the boat in the cage. Paul's the last one to leave the back of the boat, and barely gets past the wheelhouse as the Spinosaur lunges forward and bites down, ripping the little wheelhouse from its mounts, destroying it. At the 25 second mark we cut back to the house as Charlie goes to the front door, trying to find his mum, but she's outside. Then suddenly the sound of Barney and friends draws his attention away from his task, and he goes into the lounge room. Back on the boat, the Spinosaur's destroying the back of the boat, causing it to lift and drop and the cage that everyone's in to slide forwards and backwards. 
the 42 second mark, the Spinosaur realises that no one's at the back of the boat anymore, and makes its way around to the front, where it grips both sides of the cage, and pulls it forward. And as the minute ends, we get a shot of the gas tank of the boat, and gasoline spilling everywhere, across the boat and into the water. The action continues right uh, into 71 here, with the uh, violent ramming of the boats, and uh, I'd, I'd imagine it'd be harder, maybe the is not going that fast through the water or, or what, because especially Paul's sort of kneeling at the back of the boat. If it's rammed from the front, I was half expecting him to fall out the back of the boat, and that's uh, that's him in the water, but he uh, he falls forward and hits his head on the, the floor of the wheelhouse, and uh, yeah, I reckon he should have fallen off here, <laughs> at least at least Paul anyway. Well, you don't really see where exactly the Spinosaurus rams the boat, this being kind of the first big reveal of the Spinosaurus, uh, unlike the novelization, which where it's, they know it's there from the beginning. <clears throat> but yeah, it's kind of a more, just like it hit the underside of the boat, you know? Yeah. yeah especially, too, going back to previous minutes, where they'd just come across the clearing with the, uh, where it'd gone to the toilet. Um, in the In the novel... A novelization that we know it was pretty much right at the uh, the dock area, so they know the uh, animal's still in the area. Where here in the film, we don't know how much time's passed since they got the phone back. We know they've been able to clean it; they've cleaned themselves off. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to rain as well, so they could have uh, they could think they're they're away from it here and not not so close. And it does come out of the water on the left side of the boat, so maybe yeah, maybe it's hit the boat sideways and come out. But uh, we get the shot as the satellite phone falls to the side of the boat and beeps, which in the, uh, I think in the script it says it lands on the disconnect button, which <laughs> it's it's a pretty flat surface on the phone. I don't think it's going to land on one button and the beeps it turning off. I thought it maybe the, that battery got dislodged and turned itself off mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, yeah, that's what I kind of always felt because, I mean, those early, even the cell phones, the, you bumped it the wrong way and the battery's going flying. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I yeah, what's well, that? Yeah, well, it's normally just a big battery pack that clips onto the back of it, so the little bit of uh, movement there would cause the uh, connection to break and lose power. Mm-hmm. Although most most things don't beep when they turn off; they only beep when they turn on. So again, <laughs> movie magic. But <laughs> um, that's when the uh, the span the span the spinosaur emerges from the water here, and we get that great shot as it comes up beside the boat and roars and. And just seeing the water <laughs> run off the uh, the head and jaws as it roars in torrents, it just it's just amazing work. And looking at one of those behind the scenes videos I was watching earlier, just Stan Winston say, saying that coming out of the water, and he thinks it's one of the greatest scenes he's he's ever helped to contribute to. So I really got to admit that is a really really great shot of it coming out of the water there. And like you said, the water just rolling off the snout, and it just looked beautiful. Mm. Especially when there's the uh, the chance of it short circuiting and electrocuting everyone in the water, <laughs> just with all the uh, electronics and engineering involved. Mm-hmm. They they done a good job here. <laughs> Not only that, but I mean, when Stan Winston was so, I mean, water has been basically his bane on these movies, and yeah, for it to work, for it to actually work, and not mess up, it's I'm sure he's very very excited to see that. Yeah, yeah, and that's love or hate the Spinosaur all you want. Blame blame Johnson Kennedy or or 
or, or Jack Horner for what they've done with the Spinosaur, what they've done with the T-Rex, all that thing. But just the work Stan Winston done here and on this on this machine is just... You can definitely tell he's been at the craft for a long time and um, not looking at IMDb what come after it. I think this might be the pinnacle of what he, what he was able to create animatronic-wise. It was definitely the biggest that Stan Winston ever created. I do remember that. Yep. Unfortunately, we'll see. We'll see shortly that it has its issues as well because uh, it's, it's pretty much just the torso and the head that's uh, on set, and they have it pretty much anchored mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. But um, everyone sort of scurries towards the cage at the front of the boat here, like, oh crap! Let's see how only sort of place of refuge, and Paul's the last one to uh, leave where he was at the wheelhouse, and as he sort of runs past it, the spinosaur lunges forward and pretty much bites it and destroys the wheelhouse. <laughs> Yeah, he just smashes that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, everyone gets to the cage as Paul and Grant lower the door shut. Um, in the uh, in the novelization, I think we get to later. The uh, it actually locks when they close it, which <laughs> isn't a good thing. I think that's in the um, storybook too, where it, where mm. it locks. Well, we'll get to it when it's in the water. It seems there's two openings at either end of this cage. Where they run in here, it's the full full width, sort of the whole front of the cage opens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on when the cage is laying on the river bottom, this front door is on the ground and then there's a smaller, you'd almost see, say, person access instead of animal access at the other end. Um, but we'll get to that when the cage is in the river. Yeah, um, you are right about that. I forgot about that because you can see that in the prop when it's on the Hollywood backlot. Mm, well, yeah, that'd be the one thing to look at, which I haven't. But uh, we cut back to Charlie as he approaches the front door and looks out the window beside the door, and outside we can see Ellie talking to uh, to Mark as he's assumingly leaving for work. And it is, well, it's light out. I wouldn't say the sun's shining, but it's definitely a light early, early, early morning outside. Mm-hmm. I would say the sunshine. I mean, when Charlie runs up to Ellie, you can see the speckled sun shining through the trees. Well, I was hoping here, too, in this house set, there'd be one clock on the wall, too, which would <laughs> well, it'd help out to when it was shot, but it, it wouldn't uh, help out to when it was supposed to be set, but unfortunately, I couldn't find one anywhere. No. Fun fact about this backyard, though, I recently learned was that, is that if anybody recalls in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, when he jumps on a trampoline across the yard... This is the same backyard that that uh, Matthew Broderick was jumping on the trampoline in. Oh wow! I think when we uh, when we got the look at the front of the house and that when we talked about the house earlier on the film, we did discuss that this street is a very well used uh, filming street for. Oh, that is true. Like yeah. That. Mm, yeah. I can't recall what the what the other films the house has been in, but go <laughs> back to the, uh, I'd say go back to the teens and uh, the teen minutes, and um, it'd be in there somewhere. But uh, we get a shot of the Spinosaurus sort of rooting around the back of the boat here, uh, ripping more steel off and pretty much just attacking <laughs> attacking the back of the boat. And as its weight pushes down on the uh, the rear, we get the front of the boat start to rise up out of the water. Charlie tries to open the door, but it's locked, and he turns and walks back down the hallway. But uh, as he passes the uh, the entrance to the uh, lounge room, we can hear that familiar <laughs> jingle of uh, Barney and Friends playing on the TV, and it sort of grabs his attention straight away. And um, he runs into the room and completely forgets about the phone call. Still carrying the phone, but 
cordless <laughs> phone, but uh, completely uh, looks at uh, the big purple dinosaur on the screen. <laughs> to be young and not give a crap. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. The front of the boat lifts up and then drops down again as the spinosaur is pushing around from behind, and uh, we start to get the cage slide forwards and backwards too, and seemingly not bolted down to the uh, to the boat, which could lean lead to the uh, lead to it just being something to carry multiple cages, and this cage doesn't actually mount to the boat itself. Possibly different size cages as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it sort of rocks up and down, you can see the satellite phone sliding along that side rail of the boat as well, which, even with the aerial hanging out, it's lucky it's been able to slide back and forth on this and not either go over the side of the boat or just fall down <laughs> down beside the cage somewhere. And we get that nice flash of lightning as the spinosaur roars again mm-hmm. up above. But uh, we cut back to Charlie as Barney starts to uh, do his singing and dance and, and he joins in. <laughs> and I just love the, uh, the cuts here between all the stuff going on on the river with the uh, the score at ten, and then just the quiet the quiet uh, Barney noise and vocals as Charlie's dancing in front of the TV. It's it's great to see. I don't I don't I don't hear too many people dog on as much as they would say the gymnastic scene or something like that. It's I do like this this in the film. Uh, I've seen that this is probably one of the more controversial moments of this scene. Is the cut back and forth between Barney and the Spinosaurus attack? Oh no! And I just I think that a lot of at least from what I've seen, a lot of fans kind of wish that they hadn't done that cut back and forth because the juxtaposition is kind of really weird, and I don't really see why they would do that. Hmm. Well, it's sort of we do get a few repeated shots here as well as we do cut back and forth, so. Maybe it was just a technique they used to try and get the runtime a little bit longer, knowing that they were short. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, they did edit a lot of deleted. They did cut a lot of deleted yeah. scenes. If there's anything I would have left on the cutting room floor, it wouldn't have been. De- I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Jeter versus the Velocir- Velociraptors. It would have been uh, Charlie dancing to Barney. You know. Well, the interesting thing, this is completely made for the film. It's not in the script or the novel, so it must be something that the whole Barney, we do get the cut back and forth, but it's none of the Barney stuff. Um, so I wonder if that's Joe Johnson wanted to add that <laughs> very late or something and and get that in there, but yeah, it's just a shame. But uh, just back on the river, the Spinosaur, realising the people aren't in the back of the boat, uh, starts moving forward, and it, the way it's shot here is sort of not the best because it, it looks like the boat's drifting past where the spinosaur's standing mm. when it's supposed to be the fact that when it's supposed to be that the spinosaur's moving to the back of the boat but again this big this big animatronic rig's mounted here now we've got to move the boat <laughs> around it yeah. uh, to get it from the front to the rear or from the rear to the front I should say and this is probably one of the one of the points where it really it's really obvious that that thing isn't moving at all <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Charlie suddenly stops dancing as if being told by someone off screen to uh, turn and walk away from the TV. <laughs> and uh, he stops for a moment and sort of looks down at the phone and all of a sudden realises that uh, he had something to do and runs out of the room. <laughs> um, again, like I, I can't fault the acting of the young fella here. It's, he's, he's doing everything he's supposed to. Mm, I mean, he's not being a nuisance. <laughs> no, no. Um, 
But as it ends, we cut to the uh, the rear of the boat and uh, where the Spinosaur was before, and we can see that crumpled fuel tank and uh, a very dark red gasoline pouring out of it, um, out of some puncture holes, which I can only imagine was made by its teeth or its hands, clawed hands. Uh, but it's running all over the back of the boat and into the water, and we'll see why that's important in a couple of minutes' time. Mm-hmm. In the uh, script, we uh, we don't get any of the Barney stuff, as I said before. It's night time at Ellie's house, and the phone isn't cordless. Uh, Charlie hangs up and goes to get Ellie after he finds it's a dinosaur man, so it's a little bit different there. He leads her back to the living room, picks up the phone, and hands it to her, and of course it's just a dial tone, and uh, she asks Charlie, was there someone on the phone? He just replies, Dinosaur Man. So we get a lot shorter stuff back with Ellie here than what we do in the film, which, as you are saying before, was a bit of a contentious point with fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Ellie looks at him with confusion and then uh, quickly checks the caller ID box beside the phone and she sees it's an international number and doesn't recognise it, um, which I was going to leave the uh, going into uh, how... Ellie puts two and two together for next minute when Grant talks to her, but it, um, it, this here might be another way how uh, she realises where Grant was without seeing it in the film, the fact she sees the telephone number mm-hmm. and maybe using that to track where the phone is. I don't know how easy that is with a satellite phone. I don't even know if the satellite phone phone number would turn up on caller ID just because it'd be bouncing through satellites to come to you and not through cell towers. But Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be able to triangulate it like you can with cell towers. You know? No, no. You'd have to trace it back across the satellites and which satellites it came from. And that's mm. a much, much wider radius. Yeah. I suppose one thing we didn't mention, too, here we are, third film in, we've finally got satellite phones working on the island. <laughs> we, haven't, we, haven't got, we haven't got satellite alignment issues or... No, Grant doesn't have to bang it against the side of the wheelhouse to get it to work. <laughs> Maybe maybe just shows how far satellite phones have come in the, the three or four years since the Lost World. Yep. <laughs> and uh, lastly, over in the novel, uh, Alan um, Alan herds the others into the cage, hoping the bars would hold and that the uh, cage would work like a shark cage in unsafe waters, which is a little bit of a callback, I felt, to the uh, Lost World and the cage on the high high, just the fact you're using a cage for safety and not to keep an animal in. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the cage starts to glide... Well, starts to slide. Uh, Grant suddenly realises that the cage door's been pinned shut, and that they're actually trapped inside it for later when it's pulled off into the river. But that's uh, that's minute seventy-one. The action on the river continues. Dave, anything else you want to add before we get out for today? No, I think we're good. All right, lovely. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is drasticminutes.wordpress.com, and you can find. The Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. 
are you saying that you wouldn't want to get on to Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. You're desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! It's the, it's the dinosaur man!